I, I so appreciate you saying all of that. And I think what made me smile the biggest is how you said, damn, she's back. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and that's exactly, exactly what it felt like. And yeah, the whole, what people, it's so nice to hear that people saw it too. Um, oh, yeah. That potency and everything like that. It's just, it's always nice. We don't need validation, but it is nice to have confirmation. Absolutely. And I remember like bits and pieces of, of your Yoni work and of sacred sexuality kind of coming out around uh, like, you know, not right at that point, but kind of moving forward. And um, Kristen in particular had asked me one time, like, what is she doing? Cause she is just <laughs> like, and I told her, I was like, I really think it's this, this shit she keeps talking to me about. <laughs> like, you kept putting it in my readings and like, I don't know if this resonates with you, but you should check it out. I think you'd really like it. Um, and I finally did, but it took me some time. And I was like, I really think like, she's just free, right? Like it just, yes, absolutely. It was, it has been radiating for years now and, and it is inspiring to anybody who um, works with you or is, is in touch with you or is aware of even your existence. Because I think even through a social media platform, it's um, recognizable in a big way. Hey everyone, my name is Sarah Tillamont and welcome to Her Ascension Story, the podcast that proves the world is transformed by every hero's personal adventure. Here we talk about the real and the raw things that make up life and what it really is. It's the authentic things that should be talked about more, and I'm talking people's stories from around the world that we can all see ourselves reflected in. Yoga, sex, consciousness, healing, the hard parts about life, and so much more. My hope is that you get inspired here to go deeper on your personal path. And if you like this stuff and you want to go deeper together, be sure to check me out on Instagram at Her Ascension Story or head to my website, herascensionstory.com to book a session. Thank you so much for being here. Let's dive in. Um, so the next kind of question or, or line of thinking that I was having based on what you were sharing was, um, you know, in that moment, in that bathtub, you kind of had this um, illumination of the darkness, right? And, and kind of this flooding of awareness of where you were at that point in time and, and what you'd been doing leading up to that and, um, you know, all of these pieces. But the the big shifts didn't really happen until, you know, six months later or so, leaving that relationship. Um, but what have you noticed kind of in terms of the shifts post that moment of awareness and, and release and healing, um, in kind of your day-to-day functioning as well as on the the broader scale, um, for your life personally? Oh, wow. It it really is a huge question. And I don't mean this in like a lofty or woo-woo or, um, kind of like once again, that butterflies and rainbows way of like spiritual success or perfection, but every single aspect of my life has changed um, since then. It's right after I did that session in the bathtub, I had to lead a meditation workshop at a local library. And I, you know, for years, I had been having this big fear of speaking. One of the first workshops I ever did was for a large group or a large audience of 60 women. 
and like I had a microphone and everything and I just remember as soon as I grabbed the microphone my hand was shaking like like noticeably shaking (laughs) and um like I had to play a singing bowl and um like my hand was shaking while trying to play the singing bowl and everything so um going off of that experience which wasn't I think it was only maybe a year before this um, going from that experience to leading this workshop, it was the very first time that I wasn't like sick to my stomach, nervous to speak or shaky to speak. Um, and I have never done a workshop or had a client or anything like that, that, um, kind of rebutted my work, I guess you could say. And at the end, I was like leading them through the chakra meditation. And so it was active. It was guided. This old guy in the audience was just like, I thought meditation was just sitting there and doing nothing. Why did we do so much? I just felt like we did too much. (laughs) And I was like, well, there are so many different ways to meditate. And everybody, the biggest obstacle is you can't get out of your head. So, you know, I did this technique to help you guys. And I did other techniques before that as well as just focusing on the breath or just trying to focus on your heartbeat or just trying to like focus on one thing that you hear or maybe just focus on the thoughts that you have and let yourself think yourself to an end of your thoughts. Or And so for me to like come back so confidently, it's talking to this guy. And when I talk to the elderly, I usually have like this reverence and this respect for them because they're, they've been through a lot. Like they know what they're talking about. And I just like acted like he was a high school student in that moment. <laughs> and so it was a really big moment for me to actually just kind of stand tall in what I knew then, um, like in a group, like in an audience speaker type setting. And then, um, you know, even going through, like, I stopped wanting to watch like certain TV shows or certain things like, um, you know, the people that I would hang out with, they wanted to watch like fail videos on YouTube. And I was like, can we watch some wins? Like, I'm kind of tired of watching people fail and like laughing at that. Like, why don't we actually like get pumped up from people doing like this amazing stuff? And, um, you know, I went to my very first yoga class, um, like in a studio setting, I had worked in a studio. Yeah, but I was working in the therapy room. I wasn't actually getting in a group of people and, you know, actually doing yoga in public. I had been doing doing yoga since I was like 15, but in my living room or in my bedroom or in a park or something by myself where nobody could see me. And um, so that was something big. And I even recorded a YouTube video. Like I had just tried to start a YouTube channel <laughs> about my work and a very futile effort, but it was once again, a good sign of me coming out of my shell. Um, I started dressing differently. I got this, like, I had to go to this wedding. I bought this beautiful, like, low cut, like a V cut, um, like almost Spanish looking. It was a black satin dress with like these ruffle sleeves with like these, like giant peacocks and feathers and flowers on it. And so it was like very, like, I wear this dress and like people look at me and before I would dress so that I would kind of like blend in. And, um, I would also like, I would always be so nervous wearing high heels because of the sound that it makes. And everybody just like seems to look at you when you're wearing high heels just to see (laughs) who's wearing, do you know what I mean? Oh, I definitely do. Yes. Yeah. It's so weird. And so like, I would never wear high heels. And so I started wearing high heels again. 
and um, like just all of this stuff. I started accepting myself. I started to, to talk to myself differently. I started to want different things and I was so done done to the point where I had to stop hanging out with a lot of people that would just gossip. Like that was the main thing. Like it was draining for a couple of years before that, but I finally, I just stopped going to events and stopped hanging out with these people. And, um, it, it was just so much leading up to, you know, that six months later point. And, um, you know, just like traveling and like wanting to be by myself more, and that, I think that was a big thing because going into that relationship, I was going in because I didn't want to be alone. And at that point, I just wanted to be by myself. I wanted to like learn more about myself. And so I think that those are really good things. But I think the biggest thing was also I started just like these things, um, like wanting to eat the foods that I wanted to eat and dressing the way that I wanted to dress and um, like wearing perfume and high heels again and all of these things that like, I, I mean, when I say I tried to make myself small during those years, I tried everything. And so I was really just kind of becoming myself again, like letting myself free again. And, um, yeah. And so from that six months on the big changes were so evident the day that my ex moved out, I called my sister and I was just like, this is kind of harder than I thought. Like, is it be, like I was so happy and so liberated. I had been cashed out of that relationship for probably two years already at this point. Um, those last six months, that was me really just coming back to myself and, and already starting to build my new life. Um, but only like internally, like just building myself so I could build my new life. And I don't want to say my new life, my, my real life, like my actual continuous life that is just life, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I called my sister and she was just like, all right, I'm going to book you a flight down here. She lived in Florida on the Gulf and, um, you know, like at the beach and everything. So I was like, that's exactly where I need to be. I need to be, um, with someone that I can actually talk to and open up because I, I never opened up to anybody, the abuse that went on in the relationship, everything, nobody really knew. The only person that knew was my one best friend. And she only knew like the tip of the iceberg. So I just came down here and I spent the week and I just talked to my sister and I reconnected with so many people um, that I had cut out of my life, either because my ex was intimidated by my connection with them, or I once again wanted to keep myself small, um, like all of that stuff. And so I just started reconnecting with people and opening up to my sister and talking about things and just like really feeling back to life. And I had no idea what I was going to do, but um, then my best friend invited me to stay with her. She was living um, in the Eastern panhandle of West Virginia. So like about an hour, hour and a half outside of DC. And um, so I moved in with her and that was really healing too. I was only there for two months. I moved in knowing like not knowing when I was going to move out or what I, where I was going to work or anything like that. I think I sent out maybe like 90 job applications. Plus I was going into DC like hell bent on trying to 
start a new position at the National Zoo. Like, I don't know what I was thinking, but I was like, <laughs> I'm going to do integrative therapy with the animals at the Smithsonian Zoo. Like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to contact the head vet and like, this is going to work. Like, this is, this is why I'm here. So I thought I was there for that purpose. I was still pushing and trying to like push myself and force myself and try to like move and have action and progress in my life. And just like, just this, you know, almost like this shadow masculine um, action, I guess you could say. And so I'm going um, there and nothing, it's not working. It's not working out. And finally I contact one of my friends who's um, also an integrative therapist and almost like a coach or a counselor. And I'm just like, look, I have no idea why this isn't working. Um, I'm just feeling so broken and so helpless. Like I thought once I took this leap, everything was going to be okay. Like I was going to be on this path and things were going to get easier after I did like the hard thing. And it was the exact opposite. It was like a true transformation, like digging through a grave or digging myself out of a grave or something, whatever you want to call it. And my friend was just like, you don't have to be doing anything right now. All you have to focus on is healing from what you've been through. All you have to focus on is coming back to yourself. Things aren't working out because they're not right for you. They're not meant for you. And yeah, that seems like really, you know, stereotypical and cliche to say, but I was still refusing to listen to it. And so I just really like, I just had to stop. And my best friend was like, you just need to get a job, like a day job, like work at a bookstore or something. And just like, just to start like making some money and um, to just try to bring some normalcy into your life. And I was like, that is the last thing I want to do. Like you tell an entrepreneur to get a day job. <laughs> like that is, that's the last thing that they want to hear. That's the last thing they want to do. So thankfully I had some savings that I could live off of. And um, yeah, I was there for two months there. <laughs> There were a couple guys that were like, like, let me take you to dinner and all that. And I'm just like, no, like, that's the last thing that I want to. And so it was really a powerful time for me to realize my power of my choices. And my power of choices meant that I couldn't force, I couldn't push, like I had to co-create with the universe. And so I dove into more sacred sexuality work and really just like releasing a lot and like just letting myself once again bring more life into my life and into my body and into my mind and my heart and just to kind of trust more and energize myself more. So out of nowhere, um, my I think my sister mentioned like, hey, there are these homeschool programs down here. Maybe you can teach kids like about crystals or something like that. And so I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. I'd really like to, you know, live in Florida, but I don't have a place to stay or anything. She's like, you can move in with us during the semester. And then you can go from there. If you want to stay, you can try to find your own place. So that was such a gracious offer. So I immediately took her up on it. Like I'm a cancer sun, Scorpio moon, you're telling me I can live by the beach. Like, yes, please. (laughs) So um, yeah, so I just kind of told my best friend, like, hey, I'm, I'm going to be moving to my sister's. I am applying for a job. I'm leaving on this day. And on this day, I'm still not going to know if I get the job or not. And so I applied to these two different schools, the only two schools that I applied for, and I actually got both. And how it works is you can, you have to go through the application process. And then even if you are approved, 
you have to have so many students sign up in order to still teach. And so thankfully, I had created this course where I taught kids meditation and crystals and um, mindfulness and coping mechanisms and setting goals and just like all of these good things that kids should probably know at a young age so that they can take it with them throughout the rest of their lives. And I had kids from three to 13, and it was so much fun teaching them. And so once again, it was like a power of a choice, like, um, you know, what feels right to me, what, what makes me happy, what would uh, make me feel fulfilled and satisfied, what would reward me. And then at the same time, what makes me of service to people? How can I actually serve people and trying to just mesh those? So that's what, it, you know, it came up with. And then lockdown hit. <laughs> and um, that's when I really, really, really realized how much I had grown because I was getting thrown into so much acceleration of my life. I had started deepening feelings for that friend that introduced me to Tantra and sacred sexuality, who is now my husband. And um, it was kind of scary. I was like, I'm, you know, recently out of a marriage, like of like a five-year, four-year marriage like this. I probably shouldn't be doing this. And it was like that I shouldn't do this and et cetera. And with lockdown happening and I was, um, you know, about to work with a yoga studio offering meditation classes and Reiki and all that. And um, because of lockdown, that got turned down or that got changed and which meant that I couldn't, um, you know, really support myself because it was going to be summer, like school wasn't going to be in session. So I couldn't have that income. Um, my savings were starting to kind of get thin and, um, yeah, I just had to come up with something. So I'm being faced with, okay, I was dead set. I thought I had a plan once again of, I was going to get an apartment here. I was going to work here. Um, and so like now I don't know what to do or, or where to go or anything like that. Um, now I have this like powerful, like unprecedented kind of connection. Uh, like my husband and I, we have always had this like really deep and real and supportive connection with each other ever since we met each other in like 2008 or 2009. And to like have that relationship deepen beyond friendship was very surprising for me. And so like to just be shocked with, oh my gosh, like, maybe, maybe I love this person, like on a deeper level than I love everybody, because I love everybody. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, and I think the worst thing, the worst challenge, or, or the best challenge, you could say, was that I had to move back to the Ohio Valley. And that was like, the one place that just like makes me feel dead inside. And I think a lot of people there and that are from there can relate. Mm -hmm. It's just very low density. It's, you know, the lands are being stripped because of coal and oil and gas. And the, there's just so much drugs and alcoholism and addiction in general. And it's just a very heavy, sad place to be. But there are some really golden people there. And you can make of it what you want, but it's also very small and there's not much like diversity or culture and I thrive on those things. Um, so it was like the last place that I wanted to go, but, um, you know, my mom had a house there and um, she was living a couple hours away, but she still had this house. It's 
you know, my great grandfather built it. She never wants it to leave the family. So nobody was living there. So I moved in there. And um, oddly enough, <laughs> um, Leo needed a place to stay too because his apartment lease was getting up. He was coaching soccer at the time. And um, once again, because of the lockdown, like he just didn't need to be there. And so my sister and my friend, Nikki, both people are like, they're not necessarily cynical, but like they could be like private investigators. <laughs> like they're that skeptical. And so both of them like shocked the hell out of me. Cause they were like, why don't you ask him to stay with you? Like just move in together. I'm like, are you serious? Like, first off, I'm still freaking out that I have feelings for this person. <laughs> Second off, you want me to like live with them when I'm loving being alone right now? And yeah, so I kind of felt like instead of me pushing and forcing in life, it was the opposite way. Life was like pushing and forcing me into something and accelerating. And it's kind of like doing this podcast episode today. Um, I was like, oh, this is not an opportunity I should probably pass up. So um yeah, so we moved in together. And at that moment, that's when I was like, okay, I've now officially come to a place in my life where I've done so much work on myself that I'm just going to try to trust and I'm just going to try to flow with this. And I have no idea what's happening. I'm just going to wing it. And I know that if I do what I can, what I can, how I can, and if I trust myself enough to be easy and gentle and compassionate with myself during this process, everything will work out. So that is, and by the way, that is like freaking huge. Um, like once again, not to bring like astrology into it, but my Mars and my Venus are in Virgo. Like so much of like that perfectionism and like I get angry like that Mars when things aren't perfect. And, but also at the same time, like the Virgo is like the healer and, and beauty and sensuality and everything else too. But um yeah, so it, it was a huge lesson and a huge like mirror for me to see how much I had grown and how much I had changed. And since then, um, it's been like a world of a difference. We actually moved out of there. Once again, the universe just like taking control. Um, my brother had been going through something similar um, with a relationship ending and he needed to move into a different place. And so um, like he needed to move into the house that I was living in. And so thankfully, um, Leo and myself moved into my dad's house and, um, it's big for me to like, first off live in my mom's house, even though she wasn't living there. I still felt like, okay, I just want to do this by myself. I, I want to, you know, be on my own, like fully feel like that. And, and then for me to actually move into my dad's house, like with my dad and my stepmom, that was just at the age of like 28, 29, it was just, it was huge for me to actually be like, okay, no, this is okay. It, it's okay. <laughs> and um, it was perfect. It was a nice cushion. It's, it was a, he lives in a really nice area. There's a lot to do. Yeah, we were experiencing lockdowns, sort of, kind of still. Um, but at least I could start going to the gym again. And um, you know, going out to dinner and, and all that kind of stuff. So it was another big lesson for me to live with my parents because growing up, it was really hard. Um, you know, my parents got divorced when I was like six, five or six. And 
they live states apart. I was born and raised in New Jersey. And then my mom moved to Ohio and moved us with her. And so we were going back and forth. Then my dad moved to Pennsylvania, still going back and forth. Then my mom had to move a couple hours away. And so my dad had to move where we were because they were like, we don't want to take the kids. We don't want to move the kids again. And so, you know, moving still back and forth. And then finally, my parents lived in the same area. And every single week I was moving back and forth. And I literally just like lived out of my gym bag. Um, like I never really felt like I moved in anywhere or like had had a home. And um, even growing up, it, it wasn't easy. Like every fun, every family has some sort of dysfunction. But I think mine, because of the instability and feeling like I had no roots and feeling like I didn't really have anybody to truly depend on or guide me or anything like that in life. Um, once again, that independent part of me coming up and kind of like just raising myself, I guess. Um, so for me to actually move in with my dad, that was a huge healing moment um, because we had been at odds growing up and it was really nice because I saw how much I had grown, but I also saw how much um, he had grown and, and my stepmom, um, like I was like the wild child. Like my grandma's nickname for me was ornery. And I was just, I was like a shithead. Mm -hmm. Like I was a nightmare of a daughter. So <laughs> <laughs> looking back, like I saw how much I had put them through, how much they had put me through. And so it was nice to see all of us kind of like grown from that and through that and out of that. And we actually kind of just like really developed a deep friendship and it was just really awesome. Um, I went into it kind of skeptical. Even my parents were kind of skeptical about it. And um, it was just, it was really, really awesome. And I even kind of miss it sometimes. <laughs> and so, yeah. And then from there um, we were able, because they offered like this little landing pad for us um, we were able to launch ourselves into where we are now. Um, you know, we're married. And yes, this is a very short timeline between the time that I was divorced and married again. Um, and there's a lot of self-judgment that I've worked through from that um, because I always think like people are going to judge me from it. So I had to like let go and you know nobody was coming up to me or talking or saying that they thought that that was it but um I had always you know just had that fear of what other people might have been thinking and so um we um finally you know finalized the divorce the final court hearing was in August of 2020 um so almost a year later and then which that whole process like that was a big surrender because like I said I had been done three years prior to that, I had been out of mentally, energetically, everything out of the relationship. And so it was a lot of like understanding and patience on my part that I had to surrender to. And then um, in September, Leo proposed to me, we were at Niagara Falls and like the perfect, it, it was just perfect, like perfect location, how he did it, what he said. It was like, you know, when he asked if I would marry him, I, I couldn't say no, because like that moment was just so reflective of like, he truly sees me. He truly knows who I am. And, and he wants to like help me succeed and, and strengthen me and everything like that. Everything that I have never had pretty much in my life or that I felt like I never had. 
and um but in like a healthy way so once again like that self-investigation was ruthless like am I diving into this for anything unhealthy at all and um yeah so you know got proposed to a month got engaged a month after the divorce was final and then um we were trying to plan the wedding for down here and you know during the pandemic it's just really hard to plan a wedding in general and we were finally just like well, why are we like waiting? We know we're going to get married. Why don't we try to do it like on a cool day? Um, you know, like I'm big into numerology. And so I was thinking like 1122 because I had no idea what was going to happen during the election and if shit was going to hit the fan again, if things were going to get locked down again and for how long. And so I was trying to like do it either around the election or before. And I have a really intuitive friend that was like, you should probably do it before too, just in case. Long story short, um, my dad is the president of of his country club and they let us do a little ceremony with 10 people and dinner and everything like that. They let us do the ceremony for free. We pretty much just had to pay for dinner and drinks. And um, it was a beautiful ceremony and his friend officiated it. And we planned it, I think, within two or three weeks. I think two weeks, honestly. Wow. And the day after we got married is the day that we moved down here to Florida. And so like, just once again, everything feeling so swift and like this new beginning, I have no idea what's going to happen, all of that. But when we moved down here, I was, I don't think I had any anxiety. I was just excited. Mm -hmm. And I think that was like the biggest reflection. And so being here and really seeing how, how much I've grown and how much I, I think it's also like what we pay attention to and like what becomes our focus and our priority in life also helps us realize how much we have changed and how much we have grown. Like now, instead of priorities of like, you know, breaking through, um, you know, past experiences or breaking through trauma um, and all of that, like, yes, that is a priority. I even did like a recent, um, like a deep, deep dive like almost like a ritual ceremony of healing for myself right before the new year. Um, like obviously healing is like always a priority for me, but right now I'm focusing on my work. And so, you know, if we look back on our lives and we see what was our priority, my priority here and here and here and here, we can see how much our life has changed. Um, before I was like just trying to break free and then I was trying to dive into the new and then I'm trying to like, integrate the new and now I'm just like really trying to move forward and so the ways that I'm letting myself move forward like letting myself come out and talk about all of this stuff and whereas before I feel like I started this podcast it was definitely to help connect people and to help listeners feel more connected and reflected in themselves um but it was also like a way of like other people can come on and share their stories I don't need to share mine (laughs) And so, you know, recently just like going through that big ritual healing and going to a naked yoga class and where like, oh my gosh, you want to put sexual trauma and body image issues and eating disorders and self-love and self-hate and self-sabotage. You want to put that all in the spotlight? That's a naked yoga class. (laughs) (laughs) The perfect, perfect (laughs) blend of all of those ingredients gets you a naked yoga class. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, but also like a desire for liberation and like this self-compassion and this healing and, and all of it. And so, um, Yeah. And just where I'm taking my work with actually like helping 
women specifically to niche down this much to helping women and then helping women, you know, empower themselves and then helping women with sacred sexuality and Tantra. And it's still like you can use it for any area of your life at all, whether it's work or fitness or, or self-love or spirituality or whatever. Um, but like to niche down this much, I tried to before water myself down so that I could be for everybody. And now I've grown and changed so much that, or not changed, I've just become who I, you know, I've undone everything that I'm not to really just be who I really am. Um, it's, yeah, talking about sacred sexuality, touch it, talking about touching ourselves physically, emotionally, energetically, spiritually. Um, yeah, to actually do that and then to actually come out and talk about it and express that literally to the world and say, like shine my light and say, this is what my light is. This is how I want to serve people. And um, this, you know, niche in general gets so much judgment and criticism um, and misunderstanding and misconception and and everything. And so um, I'm now in this place where I'm not afraid of that. And it's almost like I welcome that. Like, let me hear your objectives and, your obstacles to this and let me see if we can just have a real down-to-earth conversation about this um and if this isn't for you then cool and my favorite of course is working with people who want to start get, getting into this because the fire is already lit and we can just keep adding wood and make it bigger and yeah so for me to um be where i am now in my life and get ready and right now i'm just looking at this giant dry erase board that I have it's like four feet by six feet of all of these ideas and all these projects that I want to do and how big they are and how much abundance they can bring me and how much happiness they would bring me and other people and healing and growth and authentic life and everything um my obstacle now is really just letting myself have that allowing myself to receive that and also taking that action so once again taking that divine masculine divine feminine um integration to a whole new deeper more powerful level it's beautiful beautiful i was i was thinking of so much i'm over here just like nodding my head along with everything you're saying like yes 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 again right like i'm just continuing that um and you've said so many things that I think resonate with so many of us who have kind of been on this journey and this search to really remember, um, you know, who we are and what we're here for. And, and you mentioned that undoing, right. Undoing of these shoulds that other people place on us, um, that we accept as the rules we should be playing by, um, and really finding the, the courage to say, but that's not who I am. That's not what I'm here for. That's not what my gifts are. Um, and I, I want to backtrack. It's something you, you spoke about a little bit ago, but um, I want to kind of backtrack to, to that first trip back down to um, Florida after your divorce. And you said, you you know, your sister invited you down or maybe not after your divorce, but after, um, you know, he had moved out and in that trip down there to be with your sister and kind of finally allowing yourself to speak truth 
to what you were experiencing, what you've been through, um, what you were carrying at that time. And I specifically remember, and I don't, I've never told you this before, but I specifically remember a photo that you posted, I think of you at the beach, um, maybe it was just of the ocean or, or something. And you really like divulged some, some hard truths about what you were going through in that moment. And, um, you know, I, I think it was a really beautiful kind of goodbye. Am, am I speaking correctly? Was it like a goodbye posting almost to that relationship and to, um, that partner and, and maybe even like to that version of you that you had been living for so long? Um, do you remember what I'm talking about with that post? I don't, I don't remember the exact post, but yeah, that time frame, if I was of the ocean at that time, then yeah, it was the whole trip down here was how can I actually like let this part of my life die and Mm -hmm. how can I actually like, yeah, like, I don't know. It was definitely a putting to rest a whole past version of myself Um, and it was definitely like a goodbye is a perfect, it was a goodbye to literally everything that my life was and who I was. Yes. And I, I remember, I bring it up because I remember so profoundly, I don't even know if I commented on it or did anything because at that point you and I, like our, our connection was really, you know, you were a practitioner for me and a healer for me. And, and so I saw it and I maybe liked it, but I didn't really comment on what my reflection was, but I remember seeing that post and being like, Oh damn, like she is here. Like she's back. And I just (laughs) kind of remember this, like watch out because if we thought she was on fire before, we're just getting warmed up. Like whatever was, was radiating out of that post. I just wanted to kind of highlight that. Cause as you were talking about that part of your story, I remember so profoundly being like, Oh yeah, she is leveling up right now. And I, I had no idea, right. Like what you were actually going through and what you were dealing. The only glimpse I saw was what you had shared with the world through that post. Um, but it was so, so apparent that, you were transforming and, and something big was coming, um, for you. So I, I just wanted to kind of take note of that. I also have quite a few friends who, who have, um, you know, done work with you and, and had readings done or, or, um, healing work with you. And they've all been like, you know, I don't know what she's been up to, what she's been doing, but, damn like something has shifted <laughs> for her and and you know everything is more powerful more powerful more potent more um on point with her readings like everything just your confidence your air your your being is is just radiating on a level um that always has right but now it's it's without any sort of shield or block or limitation to it um And so I just wanted from an outside perspective to kind of share of when we do that internal work, it is noticeable on the outside and people might not have a clue what it's about, um, but it is something that people notice like, oh yeah, there was a shift there. Um, And so I just wanted to say that because I've never said that to you before. (laughs) I, I so appreciate you saying all of that. And I think what made me smile the biggest is how you said, damn, she's back. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and that's exactly, exactly what it felt like. And yeah, the whole, what people, it's so nice to hear that people saw it too. Um, oh, yeah. That potency and everything like that. It's just, it's always nice. We don't need validation, but it is nice to have confirmation. 
Absolutely. And I remember like bits and pieces of, of your Yoni work and of sacred sexuality kind of coming out around uh, like, you know, not right at that point, but kind of moving forward. And um, Kristen in particular had asked me one time, like, what is she doing? Cause she is just <laughs> like, and I told her, I was like, I really think it's this, this shit she keeps talking to me about. <laughs> like, you kept putting it in my readings and like, I don't know if this resonates with you, but you should check it out. I think you'd really like it. Um, and I finally did, but it took me some time. And I was like, I really think like, she's just free, right? Like, it just, yes, absolutely. It was, it has been radiating for years now and, and it is inspiring to anybody who, um, works with you or is, is in touch with you or is aware of even your existence. Because I think even through a social media platform, it's, um, recognizable in a big way. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> also how you said, damn like we haven't seen anything yet she's just getting warmed up and Mm -hmm. I finally feel like now this is what a year and a half later this is like now just when okay I am warmed up now and and now I'm like ready to start lighting torches yes (laughs) yeah say more about that because I then I wrote a, a note down to myself as you were talking of like this this drawing in your tribe and really like you know, not trying to be what other people want you to be or what you would need to be to fit in this space or in this environment, but really just being true to you and knowing that you're going to resonate with a certain few, right? Or maybe a certain many, but not everyone. Um, Mm -hmm. And and I wrote down drawing in your tribe of really like finding that niche and finding that space where you – are needed in this world. Um, and you just use the line lighting torches because I don't know if you meant it this way, but I'm thinking you meant it this way of like lighting the torches of other people and kind of helping them to ignite in themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Literally the visualization that I had was, um, like I walk by, like it's at the beach at night on sand, kind of like if you think of survivor, I've Mm -hmm. never really watched it, but that's the image that popped in my head. And I just walk by and, people are standing in front of these torches. Um, and as I walk by, it's just like they naturally light up. And then those people go on these different paths in the jungle. And, um, you know, they just, you know, they use that light to guide themselves on that path to find whatever they need to find. And they face their own fears, but that light is always there to like, kind of like pull over to the side of the path to see if there's like a panther or danger or anything like that. And, and to just keep guiding them, um, you know, until they feel like the sun rises on themselves and, and they and they can kind of just light their own way, um, which ultimately, like, it sounds totally ironic and the opposite of what business people say. But I would love to get to a point where, you know, and I have worked with plenty of people and students and everything before in the past where they get to a point where they don't need to work with me anymore. I'm mm-hmm. there if they like need to bounce ideas off of or whatever, but like they got that. And so that, I love doing that. And so um, going into this work, going into just spirituality and healing, like holistic healing, I, I wanted to help everybody. Um, and and I think that that's like a normal, like empathic, um, you know, we can throw a whole bunch of um, cliche terms in there, like light worker, star seed or, or goddess or whatever. 
Um, like those are typical traits of wanting to help everybody. But I got to a point where, okay, but I want to also feel alive from that. And this like general surface stuff, even though working with me has never been surface, like we always dive deep. Um, like it's, I can't be for everybody because I don't feel like that's serving me. And if I'm not serving me, then I can't truly ever serve anybody else. Um, and it's also, um, you know, I say that like only the ocean like has enough power to match mine and to like actually soothe me and bring me back to center and everything and uh, like externally, um, unless it's like internal work. And it's kind of the same thing. Like there are these certain things that if they've worked for me, I know that they're powerful enough to work for people that are like me. And um, I think that it's really it. We, we have so many different people across the entire world going into music or going into dancing or going into business or going into science or going into every single thing. They fucking own their niches. <laughs> and I was just trying to stay on the surface and it was almost like I was like calling out like, hey, does anybody need help? Like Titanic, like devastation. Like, does anybody need help? Is anybody <laughs> out there? Instead of like being like, oh, my God, there are people sinking. There are people under the water that I can like go and, and grab or not that like I don't like that, you know, visualization for my work at all. Like it's totally we're working together as equals. Um, I'm just kind of like guiding. But like there are people under the water and I love like that's where I wanted to be. I wanted to be under the water. I wanted to like I told you like the battlefield like I am boots on the ground kind of person. And so, um, yeah, it was I knew. I think my biggest fear and also the greatest liberation was just admitting to myself that I'm not for everybody and none of us are. And that's our superpower. The people that we are for are the ones that like we do light up and they light us up. And it's like this, this co-creation and, and just this beautiful, powerful thing when we actually just like let ourselves be who we really are and the sacred sexuality and this Tantra work. And it was also, it was a really big battle to like with myself. Um, I even actually had to consult Tandresh on this. I was like, I want to talk about Tantra, but I feel so pulled by the universe into sacred sexuality, like into helping other people with it. Like, yes, it was my own work, but, but I want to help people in tantric ways of like helping them understand the spectrum of life and accepting all of it and using that as fuel for whatever the fuck they want for their lives. And, um, but I also like hate how people, I, I don't use that word lightly. Like I, I do, it's very upsetting or it was upsetting. And I, my ego did hate when people would only put sex with Tantra and not talk about anything else. And so I was like, how am I supposed to do both at the same time and not judge myself for it? That's pretty much what it came down to. And he was like, you can talk about Tantra without sacred sexuality, and you can talk about sacred sexuality without Tantra. And he was like, um, you are one of the most authentic people I know. And I know that you're going to approach this from a student level. It's not like you're ever teaching it. You're just teaching your own experience. And 
you're, you know, that student level and you know how to work with people on that and, and all of that. And so um, that kind of consultation with him or this counseling that I had from him, it almost felt like now I have permission to do this. And um, yeah, I remember the first few posts that I had, like I, I was learning, um, what is it, PhotoFox, like a photo editing app. I went crazy with it. Like I took a picture of myself and like edited like mountains over it. And I was like, oh, I can create art. This is amazing. Meanwhile, feeling like a grandma and having no idea what I was doing with it. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, it's like I took a picture of myself and even posted it. And it was like me and just like this like um, really sheer um, like – not a cardigan, but like a wrap type thing. And I'm like, you know, in like dolphin pose or like face down ass up type pose and um, like bare ass pose. And I was like, oh my God, I remember shaking, posting that, but then that was liberating. And I was like, oh, this feels like I can really, and it was accepted well and in well ways of like, it wasn't like I didn't have horn dogs in my DMs or um, you know, it, it felt sacred still, and it was received in a sacred way. So then I remember I posted, um, a topless picture of myself, just kind of like holding my breast, and that was received. Like, it was like, oh, this is powerful. Like, I, I see you. I see you now. I see what you're about to do. And as people were telling me that and everything, I was also telling myself that I was also like making sure that the words that I heard and the responses about it were things that I was telling myself. And I remember talking to my stepmom and she was like, I'm not going to lie. It's really uncomfortable (laughs) to see this on my newsfeed of you, my daughter. And um, I was like, yeah, but you know, I know that the more that I liberate myself, the more I can help other people do the same for themselves. And, um, and that was another thing too, working with integrative therapy and with Reiki, I, I took almost a year off of work, um, you know, from about last year to this year. And it was a lot of, you know, as I was working in the yoga studio and, and working remotely with clients, a lot of them were not changing anything, not changing their behaviors or the way that they thought or the way that they felt or, or even just making an attempt to it. They were still doing the same things, kind of moving through life almost on autopilot, like just repeating the same behaviors and patterns. And my work is breaking those so that you have a clean slate that you can create anything that you want on it. And so they kept coming back to me, you know, weekly and like clean slate, clean slate, clean slate. And still every single time it was the same things we were working through. And so it was kind of almost disempowering for me because I felt like I wasn't truly empowering other people. It was like I was enabling people. That's what it felt like to me. And it felt very against my integrity. And it just, it just felt very wrong for me to do that. I know it's not a wrong thing, but for me, it did because I want to help people do this stuff for themselves, like take control of their life and, and know that they've always had the control and always had the power. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, going into all of this, it was, it's a big leap and it's not for everybody. And 
for the first time I can like my first time in my whole life I can say fuck yeah I'm not for everybody and I love that because (laughs) the people who I am for like we connect on such real authentic levels like we don't have to get through any kind of introduction stuff I've always had you can call it a gift or a curse I'm not sure what it is but I go out in public and I make eye contact with somebody, they immediately just start telling me their life story. You and me both. (laughs) Yeah. And so, um, and it's always real. It's always, they're always like, I don't know why I just told you that. Mm -hmm. Or like, I just opened up way too much. or I just shared too much. And I'm like, no, man, you just talked about life. I went to a bookstore yesterday and I bought this book called Zen Sex. And it was the only book in the entire store like it. It was a used bookstore. And the cashier, she's maybe in her 60s or 70s. And she's like, I almost bought this book for myself. She's like saying it under her breast and nobody hears her face is literally starting to turn red. Mm. And I was like, Oh, well, I'm sorry, you can have it like in my mind of saying that I'm like, Oh, that's, that's really interesting. And she was like, but that's okay. Something told me that somebody else was going to need this. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. Like, it kind of goes with my work and I need more resources. I'm just trying to learn, you know, all sides to every situation always in life. And, um, yeah, and she was like, oh, look at me. I'm getting all embarrassed about it. And her face is, like, beat red at this point. And you can tell that she's, like, nervous, smiling under her mask. And um, I was just like, oh, no, it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's one of the best parts about life, isn't it? And she's like, yeah, you never know. <laughs> she's like, oh, nervous. And yeah. And so, you know, we just kind of opened up about that. And yeah, so it's just this, it's a way that feels so like, I've always had just really strong sexual energy and, and how that can power my life. And the more free that that is the only reason I even met my husband is because I just like rode this wave of like freedom. And I, I truly got my freedom from this strong sexual energy and sexual. I don't mean that in a way of like being horny or wanting to have sex. I mean it in a way of like this root and this sacral, this primal energy that we can, you know, we can raise it up and send it up in the body um, and in the energy to be spiritual. Um, And I, I've done that ever since, you know, I was younger. And so the only reason that I even met my husband is because I just like on a whim against everything drove in a snowstorm for hours um, to this one soccer tryout for somebody that I was dating at the time. And he was playing. um, He was the goalkeeper for the college soccer team at the time. And and so I became friends with some of the other players. And then we met at a party, um, you know, through those friends. And yeah, so just like all of these things, you know, I wouldn't be where I am now with who I am now and, and everything if I didn't have this like liberated energy. And so, um, you know, helping people in this liberated, authentic way that feels real to me, that's the only way that I really can help people is if it's really serving me and if it's really something that's resonating from me, like it's like a nonstop guitar string that's like constantly being strung Um yeah, I don't know. I think I just rambled for a whole whole lot. But. No, I'm over here like smiling ear to ear because I, you know, certainly in a lot of the work that you and I have done, you know, it, it has at times been one-sided where I feel like you know a little bit more about me at this point in life than I have gotten to know you. And so this is just such an awesome like full circle experience for, for me and I hope it feels that way for you as well. But um you know, I'm just thinking like, no wonder she keeps saying that we have incredible work to do together. 
because it's like (laughs) everything you're talking about is is like absolutely right like this is going to be a year of just on a whim we're just gonna do things like that's how I do my whole life right like it's just so beautiful kind of how when we give ourselves permission to be ourselves and we give others permission to be themselves we come together in the most beautiful ways possible um and you you and I have talked more recently about you know where we were in high school both individually and together as friends and not really knowing what the other person was going through because we weren't liberated at that time and we didn't know that these were things we could talk about or or um you know our experiences could be shared with people without judgment or shaming or what Mm -hmm. have you and so yeah this is just such a cool like full circle experience and I'm just honored to be here so (laughs) ramble on girl ramble on (laughs) um go ahead oh no no that's 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 it I think I have enough to share I don't know if you want to take this in a different direction or you want to go deeper on any of it um well I did just have a couple of kind of I guess, wrapping up type of questions to throw out there. Um, You've kind of alluded both through your own sharing and also in in statements you've made that, right, like healing isn't just like woo-woo, lofty, lovely, magical all the time. There are a lot of um, parts of that healing process that are terrifying and dark and, um, you know, it feels like a bottomless pit or whatever description matches. So, kind of thinking for anybody really starting into this territory who might be feeling a little nervous about that or or maybe they know they have some sort of awareness that something big might come up for them um, through their healing journey with sacred sexuality. What advice do you have for somebody kind of taking those early steps right now? Just trust yourself. I think we have been conditioned, um, especially in Western society, you know, going through school, like all the way down to you sit in a desk, you learn and you just regurgitate and somebody else dictates how smart you are or, or how creative you are or anything. Um, it it kind of feels like, you know, it's through, it's permeated a lot of our lives growing up, um, to question ourselves and to question if we can trust ourselves. And I think that that's perfectly healthy to question everything. Like question, can I trust myself in this moment? Am I doing something like having that self-reflection? And so of course that self-reflection is right at the top of the list of trusting yourself, but you know so much more than you think, you know, and you also don't know half the shit you think you know. (laughs) And so it goes both ways. And so to trust yourself, to be open to all possibilities, that you're right, that you're wrong, that, you know, life can throw you curveballs and you can hit a home run. Life can throw you curveballs and you'll strike out, but it's for a reason. Like to trust yourself that, um, like you do have that inner knowing a lot of people that I work with, um, not a lot, but like some of them, I, they come to me and the way that they speak and the things that they say, I'm like, you, you don't see that you aren't who you really are. Like you're not being who you really are right now. And, and so many of us are, I mean, it's literally a lifetime of lifetime upon lifetime upon lifetime of goal of enlightenment and self-realization. But, um, there are these like certain patterns and habits that we've built into ourselves and that we cling on to. 
And so much of that is based around not trusting ourselves. And because of that, people don't understand that they have intuition. Like every single one of us can be called psychic in one way or another, um, whether it's clear feeling, like having these emotions that you don't know why you're feeling them, but um, like you're either picking them up from other people or you're having this sensation like of happiness or of maybe it's, you know, feeling like something's about to happen. That's being psychic. That's in, that's intuition, um, whether it's dreams or whether it's like these thoughts that pop in your head or I don't know why, but I feel like I have to, or I don't know why, but I know like, you know, fill in the blanks after those. Like we, we just have so much, we have literally everything we need within ourselves. And that was something that would anger me to hear because I'm like, no, everything that we have to learn, not everything, but we have so much to learn outside of ourselves. We have so much to learn from other people and, and all of that. But really everything that we go through in life is just a mirror. It's just confirmation of what has already always been inside of ourselves. And so to just trust ourselves that, you know, maybe I'm too weak to go through this. Trust yourself with that feeling. Allow yourself to have that feeling. And then, you know, also question it. But just trust yourself that even if you feel too weak to go through it, you're going to get through it. Um, you know, really just trusting yourself that even if this doesn't seem right by society or if it seems weird or I have judgments around it, just trust yourself to have a process and trust the process. Um, like if it's if you have been suggested it, if you have any idea, any advice or anything like that brought to you it's automatically brought to your inner compass and your inner compass gets to say, is this for me? Is this not for me? Is this something that could help me, but feel scary? Um, like doing this podcast, once again, coming on telling my story, like it's something that like, Oh, I just don't, I don't want to do it. I'm nervous, but you know, I don't want to, it's scary. And easily those feelings <clears throat> could be translated into, Oh no, that's not right for me. Like it's not time or, or something like that, or I won't do a good job or something. And, um, you know, if I just trust myself in that moment, then I'm like, yeah, okay, this is brought to me for a reason. And I feel like this is the right thing to do. So I'm going to do it. Um, so really just trusting ourselves. It, it's just trust, even in general, but I want to say trust the universe and trust life and everything. But really, all of that is already inside you. And so yeah, just trusting yourself beautiful yes yes all right your last question are you ready for it yeah <laughs> I've been dying to ask you this question because I hear you ask it all the time and I can't wait to hear what your answer is but the inner superhero question if there were to be an inner superhero within you what what would that be so guests literally answer everywhere on the spectrum possible for this and I think my favorite, the one that makes me smile the most is because it's the one that I feel. And the answer, they always like, um, you know, introduce their answer as, you know, this is going to sound selfish or somebody's going to judge me for saying this or think I'm conceited. But the answer is me. And the answer is me. And for the first time, you know, for the first year of almost three decades of being alive. Like, I feel like I got myself. I, I have my back. I, I'm starting to really realize how strong I am and how 
I have grasped, you know, even like going into spirituality before, um, like looking into working with my guides and thinking my guides needed to help me and, and all of that. It was, it was just, no, it's always been me on this path and working through it. And it's always been me on the battlefield. And it's always been me, you know, in the, in between the sheets making love. And it's always been me on top of mountains, literal mountains and figurative mountains. And it's been me down in the depths and, um, yeah, I, I've gotten through it all and I know that it's nowhere near to completion and I'm so excited now to continue and to go on because I know that I am a superhero. I'm a cosmic shamanic goddess and it's a weird, crazy label to call myself, but that is how I see myself. And I think it's important for us to see ourselves in the way that feels most real to us, no matter how crazy it might seem to other people. Um, yeah. yeah no cosmic shamanic goddess indeed you are and I so appreciate you sharing your story tonight um with me and and with the world and this has just been a joyful experience for me so I just want to say thank you for all of it thank you so much thank you so much for inspiring and motivating this and for holding such beautiful space and for walking on this path with me yeah want to thank you for listening to this podcast i hope that this episode has some way inspired you to take control given you the tools to feel secure and on fire in your own independence and help to unlock within you the impact that you're here to make you're not born with a purpose you're born as your purpose it's already inside of you and it's your responsibility in this life to live that in the truest way possible if you've gotten any sort of value out of this episode please share it so that we can together expand our inspiration and our impact in this world.